0: Welcome to the Milwaukee Music Report, a place where we hear musician stories and discussions about the music industry today. In the last episode, I talked to Zach Wilcox, and we got into the issue of artists getting paid from streaming services. He did not receive any money when he was signed to his label, but the solution to Zach's problem never really came up. That made me wonder, what are the rules in the music streaming services? Well, Congress has brought up a bill. The music modernization act it's a bill that has bipartisan support and looks good in getting passed its goal is to help out the songwriters who are just looking for the royalties they think they deserve like most bills it's quite long maybe hard to understand that's why i talked to bruce boyden a law professor at marquette university to help simplify what the music streaming industry is like now what it is like if the bill is passed and why it is receiving so much support from Republicans and Democrats alike.
1: Let me try to give a quick sketch of the state of of music copyrights prior to about the 1990s, so the framework that's been set up under the 1909 Copyright Act and the 1976 Copyright Act. So the first thing to understand that's really difficult to understand about music copyrights in particular for recorded music is that you're typically dealing with two separate copyrights owned by two separate copyright owners. So you have the authors of the notes and lyrics, so the the sheet music or the musical composition. So they will own a copyright in what's called the musical work, but all that refers to is the the notes and lyrics. So those songwriters uh, typically sell their copyrights to music publishers, and often they are uh, licensed out to what are called performing rights organizations. So if you publicly perform the song in some way, you have to pay a public performance license, and that money will go to either the music publisher or the songwriter. Another set of copyrights is the ownership over the copyright in the sound recording, so the actual sounds that were made on a particular day in a studio or live performance that were recorded in some way. That's the sound recording copyright, and that is typically owned by a record label. So the the record labels are the ones who own those. And so if you want to make a copy of the sound recording, you have to go to them for permission. For a long time, the, the sound recording copyright owners, for a long time, they weren't protected by copyright at all. So sound recording copyrights were only added to the Federal Copyright Act in 1972. So prior to that, there was only one form of music copyright, and that was for the songwriting. After that, you have sound recording copyrights, but they were very limited, and they're still limited to this day. Record labels do not have a right of public performance. So if you publicly perform by playing a record or broadcasting a record over the air, you'll have to pay the songwriters or the music publishers for publicly performing it, but you don't have to pay the record label anything for publicly performing the record. And record labels have long been unhappy about that. And so when the digital era started in the 1990s, they went to Congress and they persuaded Congress in 1998, a piece of the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, to add a provision that said that essentially webcasting, a a sound recording, should count as a quote-unquote digital public performance. And so even if somebody's not downloading the sound recording, nevertheless just streaming the sound recording um, should count as a digital public performance and, and they should get a public performance license fee out of that, even if it's not being copied. So that's been the state for a long time. So streamcasts have been paying, you know, when people streamcast something or if it's, a, if it's an interactive streamcast where you can sort of select the playlist that you want. So companies like Spotify and Pandora and the like, they have to pay the digital public performance right to the record labels. And then they've had to pay the public performance right for those streams to the songwriters, but the songwriters have been very upset that those fees have been really minimal, not up to the level that they used to get from the combination, you know, in the old record days, the combination of fees for making copies of CDs or vinyl records. So they would get what's called a mechanical license fee out of that, which means uh, they would get a fee for making copies of their songs for each copy of the record that was pressed. And then every time it was performed, they would get an additional public performance license. So what they're worried about is they're, they're getting only a small public performance license and no more mechanicals at all for services like Spotify. So that brings us up to what this current uh, Music Modernization Act is supposed to do. The whole point of it is to try to equalize the situation between the record labels and the songwriters or music publishers and essentially give the songwriters mechanical license fees for services such as Spotify. So the idea is when you can create your own playlist on an interactive service. In essence, that's substituting for your ability to make a copy of the song. Uh, And so what this bill would do is it would say essentially that the the, um, the composition copyright owners... Um, Should get paid as if a copy of those songs was being made rather than treating it as a public performance So that's what this does it says that services like Spotify when they are You know setting up interactive services for their users to set up whatever playlists they want they can take advantage of a blanket uh, mechanical license they can just subscribe across the board for every you know every song that's you know that's catalogued the mon- they just pay a fee uh, for this blanket mechanical license, and there's this new entity that's going to be set up the uh, the mechanical licensing collective that will take all those fees and try to figure out you know which songwriters uh, does this money go to I think uh, you know copyright issues are typically different from a lot of other political issues in that you don't always have a breakdown among uh along party lines between you know between republicans and democrats so often you have you know divisions um based on often where uh, particular representatives come from right so if they come from the technology area uh, of california you know northern california they're often opposed to strengthening copyrights because that can hurt the uh, internet businesses and the uh you know computer manufacturers located in northern California whereas southern California both republicans and democrats tend to be very in favor uh, of strengthening copyrights because that's where the the movie and recording industries are so so i think one reason why this is getting bipartisan support is because there's well, there a couple of reasons one is that there's just not many industries that are opposed to this so you might think that the uh, you know the streaming services like spotify and the like would be opposed to this bill because it's going to you know, change and perhaps increase the amount of money they pay to songwriters whenever they stream their services. But they're actually in favor of it because they like the idea of the blanket mechanical license because what they're looking at now is a bunch of lawsuits that have been filed against them arguing that essentially what they are doing is making copies of songs and they've been doing it without any mechanical license whatsoever. The way it works now is if a... If a company wants to go out and, you know, print up or make a bunch of MP3s or something. So, the, if they're, again, if they're copying a sound recording, they have to pay the record label uh, the fee to make the copies of the sound recording. Uh, but they're also copying the song when they do that, and they're going to need a mechanical license. And there's currently two ways of doing that under U.S. law. You can go to the copyright owner individually and say, hey, I'd like to get a license to make copies of your song. Or you can go to the Harry Fox agency um, that clears a lot of those rights. Uh, but you have to do it song by song. Or you can get what, you can get a compulsory mechanical license uh, by filing something with the Copyright Office. But again, you have to do it song by song. So it's very cumbersome. And so Spotify and the like, uh, you know, their margins are already pretty slim. In fact, I think Spotify is still losing money. Because it's not clear they actually owe mechanical license fees. They haven't been clearing those mechanical license rights for copying the songs. So they're getting sued. So a bunch of uh, songwriters or composition copyright owners have been suing them. Saying you owe us, you know, millions and millions or billions of dollars uh, for all of these basically copies of your songs that you've been making over your service, and you haven't been paying us anything. You haven't filed any notices with the Copyright Office. The streaming services want a way out of that. They want a way to, first of all, uh, get out from under these lawsuits and have it declared that um, they don't owe those license fees, or at least not to that extent. And then, second, they want a way going forward where they can just easily clear any mechanical license fees that are that they owe in one step without having to go song by song by song by song and file notices with the Copyright Office or, or send things to the Harry Fox Agency or what have you. So that's why they're in favor. Uh, the copyright owners are obviously in favor. The songwriters in particular have been complaining about the extent of their public performance license fees uh, for a number of years, so they want this. They've been agitating this for a long time. The National Association of Broadcasters, so traditional radio broadcasters, I think they were opposed for a while, but this bill doesn't really affect traditional radio broadcasting at all. It pretty much leaves all that stuff in place. And so really the only opponent to this bill is uh, Sirius, it's Sirius Radio. And I'm not sure exactly why they're opposed, but maybe they're prepared to make the argument that what they, what they do is not uh, making a copy and so it uh, doesn't owe a mechanical license at all, whereas this seem, would seem to require it. But they're the only opponents. And so when you have a situation like that where almost everybody, almost all the industry players are on board... And there's not really a a groundswell of public opinion either saying don't do this like you had with SOPA, the SOPA controversy in in 2011. So there's really not much uh, pushing the senators and representatives to oppose this. So I think that's why it's got this overwhelming support. There are provisions that say that uh, if companies make good faith efforts to find songwriters Uh, and pay them for the mechanical fees for the songs that they are broadcast or sending out streaming before the effective date of the act that they won't be subject to infringement lawsuits for those so they have to make some sort of good-faith efforts to find those people I don't it's a long bill it's 109 pages so I don't recall off the top of my head whether, whether that's retroactive But I think it has to be. I don't know for exactly how long. But I think it has to be retroactive for some amount of time. I don't know the the complete answer to your question about whether it would basically uh, undo the lawsuits that have already been filed or it just prevents further lawsuits from being filed. But I think even if it's that second one, even if it's just, you know, it cuts off the lawsuits so that no others can be filed, I think that would be a big benefit for them because it's only a few music publishers that have filed so far, or music publishing owners that have filed so far and, you know, basically everybody could file, right? So I think that's what they're worried about. is like, you know, uh, all, the, all, all the music publishing rights under the sun, basically filing a lawsuit against them, and this would prevent that. You know, as with any independent artist, the challenge is going to be taking advantage of the procedures that are set up. So the industry players uh, have a leg up in, uh, first of all, being at the table when these things are drafted, and so they know exactly what's in it and how to, how to take advantage of it. But So the main thing for your independent artists, I think, is going to be to get their information submitted to this mechanical licensing collective. So as long as they do that, and since it hasn't been set up yet, I don't know how onerous those procedures are going to be. But, you know, if it's as easy as, like, you can set up a website and submit some sort of proof that you're the owner of a particular composition, and another thing that this licensing correct collective is going to do is collect information not only just about who wrote what compositions, or who owns which composition copyrights, but also what sound recordings they're included in. So you could say, my song is included in this recording by these other performing artists, so not me, right? Somebody else recorded the song. Uh, but nevertheless, that's my song. So every time that gets played, I should get a cut of the mechanical licenses license fees from, from those airplays. So I think, uh, you know, that's, that's the challenge and the benefit for your independent artist, is basically getting their name and information submitted to this thing. Hopefully it'll be easy enough so that this isn't just for the, the major players. I think the net result from this is, is likely to be, be more money going to uh, copyright licenses. And I think that's partly by design. I think the songwriters have been complaining that they haven't been getting a fair cut of the digital revenue. So the, the purpose of this bill is basically to raise the amount of money that's going to songwriters, but it doesn't do anything to reduce the amount of money that's going to the record labels for reproduction of the, or streaming of the sound recordings. So that money stays the same. And like I said, you know, a lot of these services are, are losing money now, uh, or even if they're just breaking even, you know, if they have to pay more in costs, that means they're going to have to raise their prices. So yeah, it could, it could result in some raising of prices. I mean, we're... We're still in the early stages, I think, of this transition from the old sort of physical media world to the new one. And we're still, I think, in a shakeout period for all these services. There's no telling that the ones we have today or the type of marketplace we have today is going to be what we have in 10 years. So, you know, who knows if Spotify and Pandora or even Apple Music or or Amazon Music will still be, you know, will still be streaming 10 years from now. It's possible that um, you know some other way of, of getting music will take over, but yeah, I think in the short term you might see some raising of the a raising of the price. I think, again, in the short term. It, it will hopefully achieve what it's designed to do, so one thing it's designed to do is to sort of balance out the revenue a little bit between record labels and the amount of money going to songwriters or their music publishers so that more of it is going to the to the music publishing side or the composition side so hopefully it'll do that I mean the songwriters have been complaining that they're not making enough anymore compared to how much they were. 20 or 30 years ago in terms of you know just all of the revenue that's coming to them is down and so a large number of them who used to be able to make a living doing nothing but songwriting are saying that they can't they can't make a living doing that anymore so you know hopefully the bill will at least achieve that I think the the real question is whether it can do that without driving the streaming services out of business right I think nobody's happy you know, the, the, the songwriters aren't happy if, you know, if all these streaming services go out of business and then they're not making any money at all, right, because n- nobody's selling any, any streaming services. So hopefully it will not shake up things so much that as a result the streaming services we have now collapse. But, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's a, it's a period of a lot of turmoil and it's really hard to tell what even small changes, you know, what effect they might have uh, in the future.
0: That was today's report, and keep on supporting the Milwaukee music scene.